0: Welcome to From Beer to the Bible with your host, Irvin Lee. Each week, you'll hear stories from Irvin's road to sobriety and steps you can take to help you or a loved one find healing through Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, Irvin Lee.
1: Good evening. This is your host, Irvin Lee of From Beer to the Bible. Welcome. And we are so excited tonight. We've got a very special guest. His name is Jacob and Jacob has one of the most outstanding and inspirational testimonies of overcoming addiction that I've ever heard. So I don't want to waste any more time as I always do. I do want to anchor us in the word of God. I'm going to read Psalm 34 verse eight. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. We want to always take refuge in the Lord. We believe that Jesus Christ himself is our rehab and our rehabilitation. I'm going to say a prayer, and then we're going to let Jacob share his testimony. Lord God, we ask for your presence, your peace, and your provision. Let us speak nothing of ourselves, but only of what the Spirit of Truth gives us to communicate As Christ lives his life in and through us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Welcome, Jacob.
2: Amen. Uh, Thank you for having me, Urban. It's great to visit with you again.
1: Yes, Jacob. I am so blessed that the Lord allowed us to meet. And I have heard some of your testimony. And as I alluded to earlier, it is one of the most inspirational testimonies that I've heard and as I tell you all the time and I tell our listeners I've heard a lot of testimonies but yours just touched the core of my soul so with that said I don't want to take up any more of your time can you begin by sharing with us your journey to overcoming your addiction
2: I can and um, you know it took a long time because I wasn't ready uh, to do anything different. I wasn't ready uh, to stop. And, um, you know, looking back at it, urban things probably would have got turned around quicker for me um, had I hit in a rock bottom quicker. But that's just not the way it worked for me. Um, I grew up in a small town and uh, had a great childhood. We, um, I was very well uh taken care of for all my needs, uh, great family, brother and sister, and um, a lot of friends. In fact, um, growing up, I uh, was a very popular kid. Uh, we had a family business in town, so we were well-known and um, in our local community And um, <clears throat> and just couldn't have asked for a better childhood. And uh, growing up into high school and things like that, I was also uh, very big into sports, and and I was good at sports, and uh, did really well. Uh, I believe this, that um, this drug thing, you know, Satan comes and he attacks every one of us differently, and the way he did it with me was substances. Now, I'm going to tell, you know, my story, and... um, you know, it, it wasn't any particular situation. This would have manifested regardless of the problem. This was something that was inside of me. I think a lot of it was selfishness at the root. And um, But anyway, I'll get into it. When I got into college uh, my first year, I actually went to LSU, and um, that went very well. Uh, In fact, I made better grades there uh, than I did in high school. But it was there um, that I began to start treating some things because I wasn't okay. So what did that look like? Well, the following year, I came back home to Texas A&M, which was about mm, an hour away from where I grew up in a small town. I was going through a breakup. And at that point in my life, I was always the big fish in a small pond. And um, for whatever reason, uh, it was kind of a traumatic experience for me, if I'm being honest. And uh, I wasn't okay. So I came across benzodiazepine. Um, I would start using Xanax, and um, that was an escape for me. Suddenly everything was okay. I, I wasn't so much bothered by, um, you know, this particular breakup, and like I said, if it wasn't a breakup, it would have been something else. This was going to manifest itself, and it had to be overcome, because unless we overcome the things of this world, we're not going to inherit, you know, the kingdom of God, so uh, we have to be overcomers here, and this would have <clears throat> reared its head. So, after the the Xanax supplementation, I started getting into the the pain pills, that cocktail, and... Of course, I, I was drinking some at the time as well, but um, whether it's alcohol, drugs of any kind, from the street, pharmacy, it's just a different, you know, potion. And I was using it to change the way I feel and to be okay. And um, uh, when I started mixing it together, I started having some, some bad accidents, uh, one of which I was going... It would have been, you know, two a.m. at night, something like that, and I was went off the highway, um, interstate, going uh, over seventy miles an hour, and uh, I went in between the two lanes, and where I this accident was, uh, you know, in the middle of the night, in between probably two, three, something like that, middle of my forehead hit the steering wheel, and I had about 30 about thirty stitches in between my forehead and the top of my nose, but um, that was an interesting deal because I believe that because my mom was a, a praying mom that there's always been a supernatural hedge of protection over me. And um, anyway, the next morning from that accident, I woke up on the couch at uh, my house, which was over a mile away from where the accident was. And when I woke up on the couch, my entire face was covered in blood. I took a while to open my eyes because the blood had dried so much over my face. And um, what was so interesting about this is I I would never sleep on that couch. In the the year and a half or whatever I lived there, I would never sleep on that couch. And um, so... And I'll get back to that. So when I got up uh, in the morning and woke up and couldn't see because my eyes were covered in blood, I was in excruciating pain uh, all throughout my body. And I actually I crawled and uh, went up to the table where uh, I had some of my pain medication that I used the night before, along with the, you know, the, the Xanax and whatever else I had. And uh, I had to take that just to get on the phone, find my phone, and make a call. Uh, when they found my vehicle in between the, uh, the two separate parts of the interstate, um, no cops had been there, um, nothing. The steering wheel that I hit with my forehead uh, went through the window, and the truck was totaled. Uh, with the amount of blood that was in this car, there, would have been, there should have been a trail If I could have walked home, which I obviously was not in the shape to do, to be able to do, no way, Uh, so nobody could understand um, how how I got home, and it was kind of put on the back burner because the blood stopped. I mean, that truck was drenched, and so was my couch. But from that truck to my couch, you know, a mile and a half, something like that away, there was not an ounce of blood. It stopped at the truck and picked up again on the couch. And, uh, you know, I, I believe unequivocally that um, an angel, one of God's messengers, picked me up and got me out of there for whatever reason. Um, I had little issues like this that kept popping up over and over, um, that my friends were taking notice, my parents were taking notice, and... um it was one of those things that they thought I was going to be able to overcome uh, myself because I'm ai was a good kid, you know, um, very loving, um, polite, uh, but they, we didn't understand the complexities of what I was dealing with here. And um, uh, one other instance, I had a really bad overdose. Um, they, they had sent me to a rehab facility, and the reason the rehab facility didn't work for me, Urban, is because I wasn't ready to quit. I was still enjoying um, getting high, and the consequences weren't that bad yet. Of course, now I've got, you know, I, they had to rush me into plastic surgery from that um, accident in my car, and, you know, I've had a little other minor stuff here and there, but... Uh, I'm still not comfortable in my own skin, and I'm still needing to put toxins in my body, potions rather, to be okay. Um, so when I got out of a 30-day rehab stint, which was nothing more than a um, 30-day break for me, unlike your, you know, your story, because uh, I've been to a handful of rehabs, and the reason why they didn't work for me was because I wasn't ready to stop yet. Um, in fact, it was actually counterproductive because I wasn't ready to stop. And, um, I was doing such a heavy cocktail of, um, various narcotics that taking 30 days off and then, um, going back out and doing it again after my stay is over, uh, can have lethal, you know, consequences and, uh think it was two or three days after a stay that I did at a rehab out in West Texas. I had a really uh, bad overdose that was fatal on that. When they found me, I was barely breathing, sitting on a chair, uh, a wooden one, uh, and the door was locked where I was at without getting into too many details. And my mom and her friend and, um, they immediately called the ambulance, didn't know if I was still alive or what. And, um, and then my heart stopped when they got me to, um, the hospital. And, um, one of the pastors, well, the pastor of the church we went to growing up, he was there and, um, and they prayed over me. And, um, you know, the father just brought me back, uh, after about, I don't know if it was quite a minute or how long that um, I had lost, you know, my not only my consciousness but my heart stopped. But um, the breath of life just kind of brought me back, and um, you know, I remember waking up, and the first thing my dad said was, "Did you see anything?" And I thought that was, and I. I couldn't talk, and I just remember being thirsty, and I couldn't tell them that, and I could barely write, so I wasn't able to answer my dad's question. I think he was fascinated to know if, hey, did I see heaven? Did I did I see hell? Even, uh, but all I can remember, uh, you know, is not being able to talk, seeing a few people around me, and then trying to write down what I was trying to say, and I was thirsty. I remember being just so thirsty. Um, and beyond, I mean, humiliated wasn't even a a deal. I, I just wanted to live at that point. Uh, very scary deal. But a couple days went by. I spent a couple weeks in the hospital. Uh, didn't have to get my butt amputated, which was a realistic possibility from all the circulation, urban being cut off my butt on the wooden chair, uh, you know, not to mention there was oxygen missing, not going to, able to my brain as well. So, but, you know, after about a couple of weeks in the hospital and dodging, you know, there could have been, I could have gotten in trouble there too because, you know, the ambulance went through uh, my vehicle and there was, you know, some of the stuff I'd used in there, or, but that that's really doesn't, matter either way, but the the point I'm trying to say is, you know, that didn't wake me up either. Um, what got the ball rolling was, you know, after going through this stuff over, and I could give you story after story, but um, finally, um, you know, I think a lot of times parents of their kids um, think they can just get out of this thing and, it, you know, if they're, if they're like I am and they need this stuff to just be okay, um, you know, it's not going to get better until a rock bottom is hit and you've got no other options. And, you know, you would think I tra- changed a prescription of pain pills um, from 30 to 80 with a couple quick strokes of the pen. Um, anyway, a private investigator called me up. I was on a business trip in Las Vegas actually at this point um, at well after college and um, they started looking into that and um, I was put on you know felony probation and um, but while on felony probation uh, i you know was continuing. To use drugs. And believe it or not, I was able to really, you know, scheme up how to come up with clean urine to pass drug tests and things like that. Um, it, it wasn't as uh, strenuous as the system is now. So I was able to get by um, uh, through the probation and things like that. But while on that felony probation, I, I got another DWI. I've had several of them urban, but all of which were, you know, drug-induced, almost into a coma state. Um, but I got a DWI, so now um, I'm running out of, you know, chances. Um, and I was given a lot of grace. But, I, and I should have gone to prison uh, for that. You know, and I could have hurt somebody, too. Um, and, you know, what a blessing to have not hurt anybody or killed myself. And while I'm on the felony probation, and now i got a DWI wall on felony probation, uh, the judge who'd been in my corner tells me, hey, look, um, you know, there's nothing I can do here. Uh, It's my, if you go out there and um, kill somebody while you're on, on drugs, they put a drug patch on me. They put a, um ankle monitor to make sure I was staying under the house arrest. And, um, and they told me if you use one more time, um, you're going to have to go behind a cage and you're going to have to fend for yourself in prison. And um, at that point, I was ready um, to do whatever it took to not want to do drugs anymore. And I'll be honest with you, Irvin, um, I still wanted to do um, the drugs because I wasn't okay inside. It didn't matter that I grew up going to church with my parents and believed in Jesus. You know, I'd ask them into my heart, you know, as a young kid. All that didn't matter. Um, the father of lies, the author of confusion... Um, the fallen cherub who comes here to still kill and destroy. Um, he knows he's been here longer than any of us. He knows God's word better than any of us. And he knows how to attack each and every one of us. Long story short, um, there, God put somebody in my life who would come to my house and work with me. And um, this is just my story. And it went through the AA system. Because they put me on drug court, um, and which was a blessing for me. <clears throat> but actually, prior to that, um, I, I really had the revelation. Um, I had told the gentleman who got put in my life to serve as a mentor while I was on house arrest. If you told me um, that if I, you know, could eat a plate of dog poop and that would make me not want to do drugs anymore, I would do it. And um, he said, man, that's the place that you got to be at. He goes, we, I can work with this. That You're going to get better. Um, and I just never realized the whole time, you know, what they were really talking about when they said, you know, you can't get better until you're ready to get better and you you've had enough and um i wasn't willing to go to prison i w- I just i was ready to do whatever it took you know took to do that and um you know only the creator can rewire the mind of the creation um and to let him do that i had to be willing to do some things different most notably was um start looking into my life and cleaning some things up. And uh, I'll tell you what, um, this gentleman that got put in my life was just such a blessing because he was, you know, older than me and he was just like me, and that he, his thing was the opiates. And the opiates were what really got me because, um, you know, it, it, with those, with the pain pills, You have to take them every day just to be okay and not be sick. So I wasn't even getting high anymore. I was just taking them just to be okay and, you know, hopefully get a little buzz if I could. But um, I would take it to get up, to go work out, to go about my business. And, you know, I tried to do it as privately as I could, but um, it kept rearing its head.
1: Well, Jacob, I'm I'm going to – this is – So rich and abundant in not only your testimony, but information that I believe will not only help those who are suffering from addiction, but also give insight and light to the family members and loved ones of those who are suffering from the addiction that you and I both suffered, but were able to overcome through the gift of desperation, that desire to surrender our lives and our will over to the care of a loving father so that we could begin the healing and the rehabilitation process. I always tell people, I said, Well, you went to rehab. I said, Yeah, I went to rehab, but in truth, Jesus was my rehab. And we're going to talk more to Jacob um, because He is inspiring and helping so many of us who have recovered from our addiction and then those who are in recovery and those who are seeking to recover from their addiction in Christ. Um, We're going to talk more to
0: Jacob next week. We'll be back with more of From Beer to the Bible right here on The Word 100.7 FM. Finding addiction help is intensely personal. And the differences in options may not be immediately clear. Hampton Ministries was founded with the intent to provide people struggling with substance and behavioral issues with guidance to find the best environment for their well-being and recovery. Our main focus is to help those who use drugs and alcohol to break free and learn to cope with life circumstances. Hampton Ministries provides a rehab welcome kit to provide crucial resources to make their journey a success. Utilizing Lonnie Hampton's principles of character, work ethic, and selflessness, participants learn to hold themselves accountable. We want to help each individual obtain the life skills necessary to live a happy, successful, sober life. If you or a loved one is wrestling with substance abuse and needs help finding treatment or to donate, please visit HamptonMinistries.org. That's HamptonMinistries.org. Welcome back to From Beer to the Bible. Here's your host, Irvin Lee. Welcome back.
1: This is Irvin Lee from Beer to the Bible. I want to tell you where you can find the book. The book is at frombeertothebible.com. More information around Hampton Ministries is at hamptonministries.org. And again, if you have a testimony or a story about how the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ has brought you through alcoholism, drug addiction, or anything that you are addicted to and the Lord has set you free. Please go to our website from Bible.com so we can hear about it. And I want to leave you with this: the love, I love you, the faith is in Christ Jesus, and the hope is found in the Lord our God. May God always richly bless you.
0: Thank you for listening to From Beer to the Bible with host Irvin Lee. To learn more, visit com. There you can catch past episode podcasts and find other resources. That's com.